hey, this is Richie coming at you from the School of Marketing HQ. Before you dive into the show, I just want to tell you about a brand new short 12-week program we've launched called the Giants Marketing Masterclass. The program gives you access to insights and expert comments from over 25 CEOs and CMOs from major companies like Unilever, L'Oreal, M&S, Pret, and WPP, just to name a few. We focus on six key areas of marketing, customer, brand, commercial, creative, channel, and data and analytics. So if you were looking to upskill yourself or your team for just two and a half hours each week and get access to a network with our industry's giants through our live sessions, do check out the School of Marketing website for more deets. Alrighty, for now, enjoy the show. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Scarlett to the show. Places will go show. Uh, as we were talking in the wings, it's been a year, just over a year, in fact. I mean, quite crazy to think about it, but it's just amazing that post that point, we have someone like yourself coming on and, and, and talking about your journey. Uh, and, and, you know, quite honestly, it, it's a pretty surreal experience, pretty surreal moment and, and, and mourning for me because, you know, I've, I've watched you on TV like all throughout, was it last year, the year before, and watched each back-to-back show and, and uh, you know, just with, with bated breath as, as you went through. And I still remember the, that final episode in City Hall as you were pitching through as well. So, you know, just a lovely moment in time for me personally to have you on and to hear, um, you know, about your journey and and what some of your reflections are in a wider context. Of course, we will talk about The Apprentice too. Um, but to give you everyone a little bit of background um, about Scarlett. So she's the director of Harper Fox Partners. Um, Harper Fox Partners is an international executive search recruitment firm. And I know that you, you do specialize in, in specific areas such as manufacturing, although I was watching a couple of videos before this and, and clearly you guys have diversified as well into other areas yes. given the nature of the pandemic. And again, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that too. Um, but Scarlett, of course, you're probably most well known for be, being, being on the BBC's Apprentice and of course, as a finalist. And then, and now as one of Lord Sugar's business partners. I mean, how cool is that? Hey, amazing, right? Just imagine your younger self saying that back to yourself and, and think about whether that would have ever happened. But hey, amazing. Um, now, the show really is about showcasing some amazing people's journeys and, and you know, putting, putting those people in front of you. And I really don't want to re- reveal too much about Scarlett's journey. But all I just want to say is that she's come from incredible, humble beginnings. Um, and when we talk about trials and tribulations, about moving into a sector that was very male-dominated, um, and then being able to make a massive dent all the way all the way through whilst bringing up two youngins is really no small feat. Um, and so, you know, it's just really, and by the way, I'm going through it at the moment um, with the youngins and I can feel the pain. So I can, I can relate to that. Um, but Scarlett, I know on the back of those experiences, you become a massive champion and devoted yourself to be an advocate of equality. Um, and you're really passionate about senior leadership, female senior leadership, um, and people from ethnic minorities getting into the business world and really thriving as well. Yes. You know, just amazing to have you on this morning. Um, and uh, I will pass over to Mark for the first question. Oh, thank you, Richie. Yeah, thank you, Richie. And well, welcome, Scarlett. Fabulous to have you on. Um, we've actually had Claude Littner. Uh, I saw. <laughs> and we've had Claudine Collins, one of the famous interview yeah. interviewers. Uh, first time we've had a contestant, so brilliant precedent, and I know there's so much to hear from you, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, just just to get us started, 2021, a uh, bit of a bonkers year for everybody, same as 2020, so what's uh, what's the year been for you so far? 
Oh, it's been a crazy year. I think, look, none of us saw the pandemic coming. I think, in fact, I think we're all fed up of hearing about it and even talking about it. Um, but I think actually, you know, in many ways, it's been a positive year. So although it's been um, very challenging, I mean, literally 90% of our business overnight just went on hold. And that is a huge shock to the system, especially when you've got big growth plans and we just had the investment and we were kind of all ready and raring to go. And we were like, huh? Um, but, you know, actually that made us diversify and we went more into energy and into renewables. And that's been a really exciting space, actually. So, yeah, it's it's been um, it's been interesting. There's been lots of homeschooling that has and hasn't happened. Um, but actually, I, I think there's been some positive takeaways from it all as well as it being obviously really testing for everybody. Scarlett, you, you haven't diversified into marketing. What's up? What, what's up? What's wrong with our industry? <laughs> no, we do place marketing directors, just FYI for the audience <laughs> and senior marketing people. Um, but yeah, we don't kind of um, specialise in, well, it's it's not really an industry. It's, it's an industry in itself, but it's obviously across multiple industries. So yeah, no, we're, we're all we're all for placing marketing people for sure. Hey, that's that's awesome. Um, I, I was slightly kidding, but there we go. But you heard <laughs> your first, guys. So you do marketing as well. Um Scarlett, I, I want to cast you back a little bit and, and wondered if you can tell us about perhaps some of your early days and early experiences of getting into the industry uh, and perhaps some of those trials and tribulations that you faced um, at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I worked for two big kind of corporate, uh, very well-known corporate businesses and, and did really well, had some great opportunities actually kind of worked my way up, did operational stuff. Um, and then started to support recruitment, which I didn't even realise was an industry. I couldn't believe, even now I'm still like, oh, I know it's, it's a hard industry, don't get me wrong. But I'm like, people pay people to find them a job or to, you know, to find someone for their business. I couldn't quite get my head around the concept. But no, it's a real thing, <laughs> a multi-billion pound industry. Um, and yeah, sort of started to really kind of enjoy the candidate assessment side of it, analysis side of it. Um, and then did that yeah, internally for the Virgin Group and then decided to sort of go externally and go over to agency, which is a whole different ball game. And I think coming from um, a business like Virgin, which was very inclusive, very innovative, you know, really kind of really sort of out there and sort of um, and kind of synergize well to kind of my values and then going over to a very large corporate recruitment business which was phenomenal by the way um however was extremely old school extremely male dominated um I mean I was sort of you know rocking up with with two I had two very young children at the time I had them young and I was around sort of loads of grads and they'd be out all night drinking and then they'd be getting through the day and they'd be working to eight and nine o'clock on the night and I'm thinking I've got to get to the nursery so it was um <laughs> and I, I wasn't sure whether to tell them that I even had children it was a completely different sort of environment to what I was used to um and what I noticed very, very quickly in that environment was I don't really fit in here at all. And I got on really well with my peers, but I don't fit in. Nobody looks like me. Um, nobody in senior leadership looked like me. And I knew that I wanted to be, you know, the CEO of the business in my, in my mind. And I was just thinking, is that possible for somebody like me? Um, and then I worked predominantly in the aerospace and automotive and manufacturing industries. And that too was heavily, heavily mailed on um with little diversity but actually a lot of the companies wanted more diversity but they didn't know how to go about that so I kind of set on a little bit of a 
permission at that point to, to make some really positive change, not just for myself and my daughters, but actually for the industries that I worked in, both recruitment and, um, you know, the manufacturing engineering industries. And yeah, we've done we've done a huge amount on that journey at the same time. So that's kind of where it started, really. Uh, Scarlett, fascinating to hear the, the the story and the movement across different, you know, different sectors and spaces. Um, two things struck me there. You talked yeah. about resonance with your values. We'll come back to that because the thing I wanted to leap onto was you said uh, just without effortlessly. I, 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 of course, I wanted to be the CEO. Uh, so clearly, you have yes. the drive and the ambition. Where, where, where can you put your finger on? Where do you think that that motivation, raw motivation, came from? I, I think a couple of things. Now. You know, I've thought about this over the years because I sort of assume that everyone wants to be the CEO. And I've come to learn as a headhunter and you speak to lots of different people. Some people do and some people just do not. It doesn't appeal to them. Um, so I think partially it's my DNA. I think it is partially my DNA. I think secondly, I don't, I've had to learn this lesson, but I don't really like being told what to do. You know, even at school, I was thinking, why are you the teacher? Why have I got to call you sir and miss? You know, I want to kind of be on the same level as you. You're not on the same level, Scarlett, and you do need to learn. Um, and thirdly, I wanted to make money. You know, I came, I came from very humble beginnings. I've watched um, really matriarchal family, heavily female dominated with children, lots of women and lots of children. And I, my observation was, was that everybody actually worked extremely hard, but didn't really have very much. And I felt that I could change that. And I kind of wanted to change that. And I'm still very much, I suppose, on that journey. So, and then teamed with having my own children young, and I actually moved out of home at 16 and I've lived in supported youth accommodation. Um, so I've seen a lot of things and, um, I then went on, you know, very typical to have my children. I was pregnant at 19, all very, very kind of typically what I didn't want to be statistic wise. And all of those things really fueled me to kind of change and break that cycle. I absolutely love that, that thought, Scarlett. And one of the things you said in your previous answers was around, you know, you looking at your peer group in that recruitment area, all young grads going out hard, you know, um, working hard, um, but also having a lot of fun at, at that time. And of course, that wasn't the path that you could have taken because you had to go pick your kids up from the nursery. So it, it, it reflects uh, what I think about that is, or the question I have is, how were you able to create that work-life balance to still be successful, knowing that your peer group could probably work longer hours, but yet you having to kind of have condensed hours and have more responsibility than they ever would even think about or imagine at that point in time? What were some yeah. of the things? Yeah. And is, isn't that the like hundreds, hundred million dollar question? Um, actually, I think it's just about working smarter, you know, and what I observed very quickly was, and I did those long hours, those seven till seven for years, but I observed very quickly that a lot of those peers weren't actually being productive. So I kind of thought, right, I need to get to, to really, I need to get to the nursery by six o'clock. I want to actually have an evening with my children, you know, all of that stuff, which didn't, which was very difficult for a number of years to be transparent. Um, but I realised that I need to outperform them to be able to do that because flexible working wasn't even an option for me. I spoke to the director about it. He was like, I was a top biller at that point, you know, the kind of the brought in the most revenue year on year. And he was like, that's not an option. You could maybe have a 30 minute lunch break. I already had a 30 minute lunch break. That didn't matter. Like I was, I would work really hard. Um, 
so I, I guess actually first of all to answer what you asked me I would say it's about working out what's going to actually bring value and trying to work smarter and not just doing things for doing things sake that was kind of the key thing so everything you do you want to kind of yield some value from doing that and the other thing and something that I observed was just long-term relate like building long-term customer relationships and trying to get repeat business because there was a lot of kind of spot business which to me didn't make sense because then I'd have to go back through the whole cycle again so it was just how do I build these relationships um so those were kind of the key things and then I think finally especially being generally the only woman in the room or going into those environments you're not taking us seriously you kind of walk in and then, I mean I was in M&S just yesterday buying some sandwiches for my team because we had a board meeting and the guy next to me said to me oh I'd love to have a lovely assistant like you so just yesterday just yesterday but I did I couldn't help myself I put her in his place but but what I'm saying is is <laughs> and that's okay you know I'm sure he meant it in the right way but um, but what I'm saying is is it's it's constantly trying to kind of fight maybe what initially people might think of you and actually the best way to go about that is just to try and be the best in the room and be the most well prepared and understand the market the best that you can possibly do and then you get the buy-in and the respect of others and actually it can be a great differentiator. Love that. Um, I- I don't know if you sort of chuckled or cried or laughed or raged inside when that person said that. And we've had many guests who have talked about this. Um, I I remember uh, Magnus Jarba, CEO of Saatchi's, who would go to black tie dinners with um, wearing a sort of quite outrageous purple velvet uh, dinner jacket because that was the best way that he could not be perceived as being the waiter. Um, So, I mean, it's this is this is thousands of years of embedded bias and prejudice. Yes. Uh, on that subject, it's clearly a passion point for you. You put yourself in difficult positions where you're, you're the othered one. Yes. Uh, what, what, what do you have observed in the last maybe five years has, has, has changed for the better or not changed in, in terms of inclusivity and equality? I think we've seen some massive change and I'm so pleased and proud to say that and there's a there's a huge way to go there's no doubt about it but if I look at when I kind of really started to understand this topic and look at this topic and kind of you know go go into really properly into the world of work about 10 years ago I would say particularly in the last three years there is massive change um, and whether actually that's sometimes from a place of authenticity for some companies and some brands or whether it's not everybody seems to to now appreciate the importance of kind of inclusivity engagement they know actually it's more profitable it's better for their people even if there's an ethical debate there or, or not and I think sometimes there isn't sometimes there isn't but I, but I definitely you know would say there's been some really positive movements some really positive change and we are seeing that and yeah I'm, de- I'm delighted to, to at least say that but yeah of course there's, there's a huge way to go but I think we're on the right path finally uh, Scarlett, I, I would be lying to say that most people watching haven't secretly at some point kind of gone, oh, maybe I could go on The Apprentice. You know, maybe yes. maybe that's something that I could do. Right. Um, I think we all have that little, you know, that moment when we're watching all those tasks. And I'd love to get your thinking around what made you apply. What was some of that thought process there? exactly that exactly that Richie I was sort of I'd actually just set up my business and I was working like till three o'clock in the morning like thinking oh my gosh I've got to bring in revenue in three weeks otherwise we're not going to survive that kind of mode and I saw Lord Sugar come up on the tv and he sort of does that advert you've got until 11 o'clock tonight to apply you know and I remember thinking you know I I, (laughs) exactly what you just said 
I think I could do that. And I thought, actually, I've actually got a business now as well that could really do with some investment and a platform. Um, and it was a really kind of last minute sporadic decision about 20 minutes before it was going to close. And I thought, no, I'm going to put my, my application in. And I did. And I kind of just faced each thing as a bit of a, a challenge, each audition, not really thinking that it was obviously going to go the full way just like gosh what an interesting fun challenging experience Scarlett you know it was more kind of that and it was only up until the point um actually where they offered offered me a place on the show um did I really think oh my gosh you know is this something that I that I can feasibly do because you know you've got to leave your children and business and all of those sorts of things but I'm, I'm so I'm so elated that I did I love that. It was a spontaneous thing. It sort of talks to serendipity and some things are meant to be. Um, to the extent that you're allowed to, can you tell us a little bit about what that audition process actually entails to get from A to B? Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's a number of different kind of days and phone calls and different people that you're speaking to and seeing or observing you. And you don't really know what they're looking for. Like I saw some phenomenal people, you know, I realise it's not a personal thing. It's just they're looking for certain things on that show and the dynamic between the different candidates as well. Um, but yeah, there's just like a number of tasks um, that you have to kind of do and uh, kind of speak out. The kind of things you would probably imagine. Do you know, Scarlett, um, it, it's funny because most when you're watching the show back, you're always looking at a potential clash of egos. And obviously, they probably ham it up even more on, on the basis of making good television. Yeah. But when you're in the moment, um, how, do you, how are you feeling about the candidates? I mean, is, is the perception true that actually everyone that comes on does have that sort of ego kind of thing? Or is it quite down to earth and quite different from perhaps the way it's perceived? No, I would say it's, pr 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 I would say, if I'm really honest with you, I would say sometimes actually, I think the TV might like it look a little bit better. I, I would say, yeah, I, I, my personal viewpoint is that I think on our, our show, all of those candidates came across as they are. Right. Wow. Yeah, I, I would say as they are. Um, in terms of egos, um, yeah, there's some huge egos. There's some candidates that make exceptional TV. I wanted to watch them. I was like, don't leave the process. Like, you bring me so much joy. And actually, there's some people that are really humble, really hardworking, and actually really do just want, you know, the investment. Um, so there's a combination, I would say, of two. But everyone's got great acumen in a different way, I will say that. But definitely some egos, definitely some personalities, for sure. You know, Scarlett, just, just to just follow up on that, when we had uh, Claude Littner on the show. Yeah, um, Claude's amazing. You know what to expect, really, because, of course, perception. But reality, I thought, was extraordinarily different. And... Um, I mean, to the extent that when when we were sort of in initial conversations, it was within two minutes. I was I, he literally emailed me back one line. Can we talk now? And I, I wasn't going to say no to Claude Littner. And I picked up the phone and he just sounded a wonderful individual, very charismatic, yes. down to earth and not as scary as I thought. So, you know, you know, strange. It's kind of the perception reality. I think, I think Claude might be the only one now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Claude's got a lo lovely, lovely, lovely side as well. But gosh, is he lethal in those interviews? My goodness gracious! <laughs> yeah, catch, catches you off guard. Uh, no, it was wonderful having him on the show and hearing his 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 story and ups and downs. Now, it's, it's a, in the rearview mirror. What do you think it was that got you as far as you did to be a finalist? You know, what 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 do you think stood you made you stand out? You know, I, I just really tried to just be myself. 
I didn't play any games. I didn't try and play dirty. I, I played exactly as I would in everyday life and in business. Um, and I was just completely myself. And rather than actually focusing on the other candidates or what people are, you know, what people are doing or what people think, I knew that actually I'd sacrificed time away from my children. I sacrificed time away from a business that I've just started. I needed to make sure as well, like, you know, there's a professional reputation and obviously you can go on The Apprentice and look really stupid in one minute. And that's what, you know, you know a lot of The Apprentice is about. And actually I needed to make sure that I had a career after this and that, you know, I would, you know, I would yield the right benefits from, from doing it because it is a huge risk. Um, and for someone like me who I wasn't even on social media before so it was a huge pivot <laughs> so then all of a sudden be on tv um so I just tried to just be really authentic to myself and operate in the way that that I do and um and, and actually I you know that that seemed to be perceived really well so yeah that 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 would be my tip and that's what I did and, and, and Scarlett, clearly a massive beneficiary from the, the program, both reputationally, but also, of course, now Sir um, uh, Lord Sugar is now your business partner, which is absolutely phenomenal. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it is, it is phenomenal. And sometimes I have to pinch myself, you know, on a board call or he emails or you're like, this is so, you know, this is so surreal. And it still does feel really, really surreal. Um, but I think actually, you know, aside from the investment, actually, it's a really nice kind of confidence boost because somebody that is, you know, there's no games with Lord Sugar. There's no mincing his words. I mean, as he, as you see him is as he is. Um, and actually, I think for somebody who has had such success to have confidence in what you are doing and what your business plan is, um, that in itself is is kind of a really proud moment, you know. Um, but yeah, no, he's exactly as he is on the TV, very down to earth, says it as it is, you know, short and, and sharp. Um, but actually, he's on hand if you need him. He will be there. He will answer. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's, I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> what, what's it? Uh, must must feel quite strange. Um, maybe one day Richard will will get him on. I don't know if this, if he would uh, entertain us. But um, what, what's what do you think is the best piece of advice he's given you post the show as as a partner? What's the best piece of advice he's given you? Well. I, I would say that he, <laughs> I don't know if this is the best piece of advice, but it's helped me. And he just said, you've got to trust your own decisions because the risk is on your shoulders and it's only you who it's really going to impact. And actually, I think that's true. We can kind of go around and I can ask him or I can ask peers or I can assess the markets or I can do these things. But I think ultimately it's on my shoulders and I think you have to follow your gut. And I'm a big believer of that in life, but actually in business as well. If you feel like it's the right thing to do, let's do it and let's do it properly. And if we're not sure, no, let's not. Let's hold on that. Just maybe, Richard, just one follow-up question. Um, love that. Trust your instinct. And it's what got you on the show. And um have there been any times when your instinct has not been right? Um, in, in business, probably not yet, such was, and hopefully not. I think in terms of um, maybe uh, maybe personal relationships or actually just, and I think everyone can probably relate to that, or even kind of self-doubt, I would say, yeah. Absolutely. And I think we're I think we're wired, aren't we, to try and risk assess and to think what's the worst case scenario that can happen. And actually it's trying to overcome that and see through that and think, no, I can do that. I am able to do that. I can 
you know, this is how I need to go about doing that and having kind of that confidence um, in yourself and in the scenario. So I would say probably more in that regard rather than anything else. Scarlett, I promise you this is going to be the last question on The Apprentice for me. Um, okay. But I just, I just want to ask, do, is, is there some sort of apprentice alumni now that takes place? Yes. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> No, there's not. But there's a, well, there's a number of group chats and, you know, we're in a chat and I speak to, we speak, you know, amongst ourselves all the time. Um, and actually, I will say, you know, other candidates reach out from different shows and it's like a bit of an apprentice family, actually, which is really nice because you're going into something, you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to be the outcome of this. This is so different and so new. Um, and actually, there's been some incredible candidates, both on my show, but also from previous shows that have kind of really sort of reached out in support. So, yeah, I would say that there is there's certainly an apprentice family for sure. What a, what a great group to be a part of um, and, and such a such a mixed bag, if I can use those yes, words. <laughs> definitely, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, um, because as you say, some it's a very interesting point you make about it being manufactured to create good content and good entertainment, whereas actually you were taking it 100% seriously and you wanted, you know, worrying about reputation. Uh, and you said also, not having been on social media, how, how have you found that element specifically? Because there's, there's good and bad in social media, let's be honest. Um, what's your experience? Um, it has been a bit of a baptism of fire, in all honesty. And I really, and this is probably the naivety because I literally had no social media before the show, nothing, so I wasn't familiar at all. I realised you can live a whole life like from your sofa, like you can have a virtual reality. Like you literally could have a virtual reality, which has been quite eye-opening for me. But I think, um, actually, I have to say, in terms of socials, on the whole, I have to say people have been super supportive, which is which has been incredible. Um, but I realised myself very quickly, and I've got you know two young daughters, and I realised, gosh, you've got to be so careful what you open yourself up to, because you could you could look at three people's social media pages, and your confidence could just drop to the floor in literally three seconds, and what you're viewing is probably not even real. You know that's the reality. So I'm just very very careful about what I actually see and what I open myself up to. Um, and I think, I think that's really important. That's what I try and instill within my daughters as well. And Scarlett, you know, when casting back to sort of your sort of your younger days, you've clearly come such a long way to the extent that, you know, made a massive dent in the industry that you're in. Massive investment from one of the most well-known figures in, in UK business land. Personal brand skyrocketing. How has that then impacted your relationships, friendships from the early days in, in your life? And do you still kind of maintain those or how does that then kind of evolve in, in that sense? Yeah, no, I absolutely maintain them. I, I was having a conversation yesterday. I realized actually my core group of friends are all either from primary school or senior school. They're actually my core kind of best friends still, aside from one actually. Um, and no, I mean, I'm just Scarlet at the end of the day. <laughs> and we have all the conversations that you'd imagine. And yeah, I mean, I probably don't even really see it completely like that. I'm always just focused on what I'm trying to achieve and what we're trying to do today and just kind of focus on the here and now and what the sort of the mission is. Um, and I think the things that I'm trying to impact are much bigger than me. You know, it's much more about purpose and having some really kind of positive impacts. And I know that sounds a bit cliche and we're all in business because we want to make money as well. And that's for sure. But actually, let's make money and actually really make some positive impact as well. And I'm so passionate about those things that that takes over from anything else. Mm, yeah, lovely, lovely thought. Now, um, obviously, you're you're a leader of other people. Yeah. Uh, and so a question we ask from time to time is 
what's it like to work for you? Maybe even would you want to work for you, if you see what I mean? What's the best thing? Yeah, I do. I would hope so. I think I would want to work for me. Um, I think I'm very collaborative. I think it's all about kind of team, um, probably a bit servant leadershipy, actually. So, yeah, very much about team. We're all in it together. This is what we're trying to achieve. We're kind of all on this this mission. Um, very much about, about that because I've worked in very kind of top-down environments, which we probably all have. And I think times have moved way on from that generally um but also I know how important it is to give people an opportunity um because I've needed to have a lot of opportunity in my life you know so yeah I'm kind of passionate about yeah giving people an opportunity and really trying to create an environment where people can really kind of prosper in every, in every single way like I'm yeah super passionate about that Sounds great. I, I actually, so it's, it's interesting because clearly you talked a lot about purpose and, and yeah. by the way, actually, I'm, I'm just coming back to your point around inclusivity of your team. The fact that you're going to reminisce to buy the sandwiches says a lot, right? And that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, but, to, you know, again, going back sort of um, around sort of the positivity and the purpose element, School of Marketing is very much around to help champion young people into our industry and help inspire them. Yeah. And you're sitting at the sort of the top end of the funnel in terms of sort of executive search and kind of getting some really senior level positions secured. Um, what role would you see as, as kind of going down sort of further down to help drive inclusivity, to helping the grassroots and young people getting into industry? What, what role do you think you would play in that in that area? We, we already do. So we partner with um, Rondier and UTC, which is like an outstanding educational academy in the north, um, all specialised in engineering and kind of technical digital space. And we run um, some campaigns with them and do some mentoring schemes. And we did um, recently for International Women's Day, we did um, declarations from their future female leaders. So we're planting the seed. You can and are future female leaders. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we do some work in that space already because it's so, so important. But I'm going to be honest that the, the piece of space that is also very interesting to me is that mid-level, those mid-level candidates getting to board level. Now, that piece is a bit that's interesting. And that's the bit that we're doing research on at the moment. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of passionate about all different elements. Um, but, yeah, probably that element there and that that grassroots mentoring piece is, is key. Yeah, um, just appropriate opportunity for a quick plug most people listening uh, on the playback will know we created the mentoring gen z scheme if you do have anybody you think will benefit as a mentee easy to register school of marketing website i think we're up over a thousand mentees now we want to make it the biggest mentoring network in the uk plug over um we've got a question from richard actually um, quite a good one so um richard brown uh, a regular asked do you feel that despite all the general talk of authenticity being yourself in business can make you stand out and be different. And I suppose that's the point, isn't it? But for good or for bad, do you think uh, it can make you stand out? 100%. And I, th I think you need to use that. You know, whatever you are, whoever you are, everybody does. everybody's individual, aren't they, at the end of the day? And that's what you've got to utilise to be different. Nobody can be you. You know, that's, that is the reality. And for me, yes, I, I try and think of it in a way, okay, how do I stand out? How can I be remembered? Um, how can I differentiate myself from the competition, you know, from ex-colleagues, ex ex-peers, the people I was in competition with before? Um, all of those different elements. And yeah, I, I absolutely do think there's some great advantages as well to being diverse, being a female, being an ethnic minority, however, having a disability, however we want to um, kind of call ourselves. 
Uh, Scarlett, I want to pick up a little bit on that and, and just dig a little bit deeper. Um, so clearly you've got an amazing platform um, for yourself uh, in terms of your personal brand. But, um, you know, clearly one of the, probably one of the biggest um, sort of uh, worries that maybe someone going on the apprentice would be is that they sort of lose touch and they, and they don't, um, and they don't continue that personal brand over through and sort of it kind of almost dies down a little bit over the, after the shows are over and the series go on. So how do you maintain that sort of, you know, that, that high level of personal branding um, and, and kind of maintain that relevance? And I'm assuming particularly in the industry and spaces you want to be in as opposed to mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Richie, I need to get better at that. You guys need to help me. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of personal brand, uh, it's not, honestly, it's not been um, kind of a massive, massive priority for me. So I try and just include, you know, some things about family, um, but actually more so probably about what I'm doing professionally. And that has been really the focus. And, you know, I'm really blessed to have had a lot of opportunities on the back of The Apprentice are kind of having opportunities to do things that are really relevant to what we are trying to achieve as a business which has been incredible um, but in all honesty and I was I was speaking to our marketing manager yesterday about this hi Amy um, and um, you know I'd really like to kind of maybe look at doing more public speaking and talking more about purpose or talking more about experience and actually some really more kind of gritty authentic stuff um, so I think that's probably kind of next step for me to look into that but yeah I'm probably probably need to get better in that space in all honesty but it hasn't been a huge priority but I, everything I want to do I want it to, to actually have some value that's more important oh, yeah 100% now then um we've got a comment from Saffron uh, in reference to the MS sandwich experience uh, oh my word that's shocking Scarlett well done for putting him in his place there you go um and, and then we've also got a question from Selena it's it's not a small one um Selena asks what's your ultimate goal or vision for yourself I think that's too that's such a big question Selena and I ask myself if that every single day and I don't know I, I think it's about differentiating what success is actually and I think it's probably a deeper question I could tell you what kind of a plan is for the business I could tell you what I'd want you know where I'd want my girls to be or what kind of house I would like and all those kind of things but actually I think the big question is is what is actually fulfilling and that's the bit that I'm still trying to work out and I think probably everybody is we're all searching for that on some level so yeah, it's an on, it's an ongoing quest actually, but more so about fulfilment. Um, great, great answer, so Richard. Just a, an observation there. Um, I, I talk about people being sort of hoodwinked to believe that success will deliver fulfilment. Um, it's not necessarily true. And actually, uh, Sarah Warby, a great guest we had on the show, said that um, success doesn't drive happiness; happiness drives success. And people, a lot of people have it the wrong way around. So I think that's a great. Yeah, it's brilliant. Let's go back to back to you, Richie. Sorry. Uh, well, simply um, kind of think about the advice that you would potentially give to your younger self, quite selfishly on the basis that we'll have lots of young people watching the show and, um, you know, from all, from all walks of life. And maybe they could take a few key, key insights from maybe some of the advice that you would kind of give to, some, you know, to someone in, the, in those shoes or someone where you've been years ago. Yeah, I think that's such a massive question. Um, do you know what? I think you've got to kind of have faith that you are exactly where you're meant to be. Whatever that looks like, because I think actually we put this huge pressure on ourselves. And I remember being, you know, 16, 17, this is where I need to be. Still now, I'm, this is where I want to be. This is where, And it drives me forwards. And that's really important. But actually, you know, and I've made some 
really bad decisions in my life that have actually impacted a lot of my life and um and wish that I just stayed at home and gone to university and kind of had a Saturday job I wished I'd done those things but I didn't but it does make you who you are today so actually I now kind of take solace in you're exactly where you're meant to be and kind of believe in that and really trust your gut because you you know better than anyone else nobody knows better than actually yourself so yeah I would say trust you and uh yeah and kind of have some peace and you are where you need to be you know, Scala, just picking up on that. Um, so I think I, I, I think that's a lovely that's a lovely sort of thing to think about. Um, and I do be- and I do believe in that. You know, some of the some of the real low moments in my life have sort of led on to bigger and potentially better things than what that opportunity would have had. But I also think that in in some level that kind of sort of leaves it a, a lot to chance, as opposed to you being directive and action orientated to make that change. So I mean, so have you you know have you sort of you know, on the one hand great to be where you are but actually you've clearly taken huge steps to then move it forward right yeah yeah but I think when I when I say that I mean take some of the pressure off your shoulders and kind of listen to what is good for you so whatever those changes are whatever those steps are whether that's pressure from parents maybe to go into a certain career for example um, or you're influenced by peers you know do what you want to do and what is right for you. And then you'll take the appropriate steps. And you, you're going to set though, you know, probably for me, it's kind of a given. You need to set goals. You need to have a vision. You need to break that down. You need to have that on a day to day. Yeah, I work like that um, for sure. But I think, um, yeah, I think you kind of need to do what is good for you. That 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 is really what I would say to my younger self. I, I, I think what we've just covered in the last couple of questions is really inspiring. You've taken a path less travel, travelled and you're probably a bigger role model for that fact. Um, now you did mention your girls and there's a little sparkle in your eye. They're clearly uh, massively important in your life. Yes. So I've got a couple of questions there. One is, um, what was it like being apart from them for that period of time? Yeah. And, and then a, a bigger question, sort of what, what do you hope for them? Okay, being apart from them that time, really difficult, really, really difficult. Like I was the person that wouldn't leave them overnight. So really difficult. Um, but actually, I, I kind of knew that what I was doing, I, I hoped that what I was doing was going to benefit them. And I just tried to, that's why I was so motivated that every single day I would do something to impress kind of the show. Every single day, and you don't see a lot of it, but every single day there was something I needed to do to stand out and, and be impressive. Um, and it was for them. And then in answer to what do I hope for them? I hope for them, actually, that they can live in a world where they can do anything they want to do without any kind of boundaries, whether that be the ones that they set for themselves or the ones that other people put upon them. Um, and they really now whether they want to be a hairdresser or whether they want to be a CEO, that is up to them. But they can make the choice as to what they want to do and not feel for one second that they can't achieve that based on anything that they've heard or seen around them. Yeah, I love a choice without boundaries. Amazing. Uh, sorry, Richie, back to you. No, no, not at all. It's just such a lovely, lovely thought um, about enabling them to have choices. Yes. Uh, and, and I suspect part of that being is maybe some of the, the thinking around the lack that you've had back in your early days around it. Although, quite frankly, what, what an amazing sort of journey, quite honestly. And, and maybe in many ways, it's, it's through what you felt was those humbling beginnings has then enabled you, as you say, to take you on this journey into where you are. So it gets... Uh, yeah, it's, it's remarkable, as, as we say. It's really cool. Um, so, look, I, I suspect final, final question, 
uh, coming up now, Scarlett. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts for the future, for the business, if there was anything that you were thinking about, um, you know, where do you see see the business going and perhaps what are some of the key goals and, and maybe what some of the audience can help with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so business-wise, the plan is to grow. Um, so we're taking on a new hire. We're hoping to have three more new hires by the end of the year, um, which is really exciting. So plan is just to kind of grow, um, you know, in a really kind of solid way. Um to look at potentially over the next couple of years getting more into the tech and the digital space i think that makes sense with what we're doing at the moment as well um, and also look at international kind of an international office and america's quite interesting to us as well with the energy markets so yeah there's some some really exciting things there and we've obviously got you know business goals and, and all of that kind of all of that kind of stuff but yeah that's that's pretty much and and i think really um as well you know to, to kind of shake up the industry that's interesting to me a lot of the search firms have been search firms and hugely successful lots of respect for them but they've been in this industry for a very long time and actually we'd like to take a piece of their pie as it were and shake things up a little bit and bring a bit of a modern approach and a bit more of a transparent approach to things so yeah that's what we intend to do <laughs> Sounds exciting. And if anybody can shake it up, then I believe that you can do that. So we'll, we'll, we'll await that, that exciting journey. Um, so, so we are coming to the end. And so Richie and I will just do our little recap of some of the insights that we've taken away from, from listening to you this morning, Scarlett. So from my point of view, uh, well, you're, you're, you're such a high-energy person that you give an aura of vitality. So I'm sure that inspires yeah. and impresses all those around you. But you've talked about some really important things about what it's like to not fit uh, and how you draw motivation from that about the fact it's not working harder, it's working smarter and making those sensible decisions to, to balance your life. Uh, the M&S sandwich experience, I won't forget that. Uh, such a brilliant story and you tell it well. Uh, and um, I can imagine at the time it didn't feel brilliant, but you see how you channeled that. You talked about being yourself um, fundamentally uh, and, and how can I be remembered um, and impressing every single day. I mean, those are really good and resonant thoughts. Uh, but I, I, I'll come back to what you said about fulfillment um, over success and finding the balance of the two. It's something that strikes a chord with me. It's a lovely message for everyone to take away. Um, so I will, uh, will take that into to my weekend and the rest of my, uh, my journey. But for now, thank you again, Scarlett. It's been lovely to have you on. I'll hand to Richie for his thoughts as well. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, by the way, on your hires, you must think about apprenticeships. Big, uh, big uh, sort of element to that. And uh, there's a massive area where you can sort of earn and learn coming through at the moment and maybe help help on that digital journey that you guys are on and building that personal brand if you get on the right person. So there you go. Um, could, yeah, be an, could be an interesting one there. Um, some of the key things for me, what, what I really thought at the beginning was the sort of, again, what Mark said around work hard, work smart. Um, I'm currently in, in probably in the midst of where you were with two young kids um, at that point, and, and I do need to take away some real key messages around that. Uh, I certainly can't put in the same number of hours that I had and I did for many, many years. And so it's kind of thinking about how on earth can I make or rejig the formula to make it work um, in, in this new world. So that's something that I've, I've definitely taken away from this. Um, you also talked about as part of the working smart thing, you know, be the best in the room, you know, be most prepared. Um, and that's what's going to make you shine through. But, all, but also the, the, the thinking around be who you are and, you know, be proud of who you are, be that, you know, be, whether that be um, ethnicity, whether that be a female founder, whether that be whatever that is, you know, be really proud of that and, and, and kind of almost carve that into your own 
sort of personal brand that uh, that you, you yourself admittedly say you need to get better at. But hey, that's that's cool. Uh, and then finally, the, the one thing that I, I really liked is when you, when you talked about have faith in the fact that you are where you are meant to be. Um, and I do love that. My mom keeps saying that to me as well um, in, in my, my lowest points too. So it's just something that I would really, really remember as well. So Scarlett, thank you very, very much for your time this morning. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, Scarlett, wonderful, wonderful to have you on. Um, just a final, final mention uh, next week, eight o'clock UK time, we've got Ellie Norman uh, coming on the show. Ellie is the marketing director for Formula One, no less. And there'll be a few people who might be a little bit jealous of that job. So whether you want to find out about a bit of the inside track of Formula One, uh, the success of Drive to Survive as the, the latest content, um, or what it's like, again, Ellie has had to uh, shake things up in a relatively male-dominated dominated industry. So another fantastic guest to come. But for now, on behalf of myself and Richie and all people watching in and on playback, thank you again, Scarlett. It's been brilliant to hear your journey and good luck for the future. Thank you. Thank you both.